Hey, this is Brent Ingersoll from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. Today is a very exciting day, and it's, it's not coincidental to me, really, that, that we saw an historic storm hit our provinces over the past week, and now we're launching into this Love Atlantic. I'm really excited. I want to just spend a few minutes... Uh, pitching you or selling you today on joining us in this movement and in this initiative we're calling Love Atlantic. I want to spend a few minutes, let's call it a a scripture-supported sales pitch or a a biblically-based challenge. I want to spend a few minutes to convince you or entice you to be as wildly generous as you possibly can be with your money, your time, your efforts, your energies over the next seven days. My hope is that as I give and as you give and as we give all across our locations and as we join in with over 130 other churches in Atlantic Canada, that we will see the power and grace and mercy and goodness and reality of the kingdom of God and Jesus our King on full display in a way that we've never seen before. That's my hope. Now, thanks, Pastor Dan. (laughs) Thank you. You always do. You really always do. Now, look, I, I I know when someone gets up and says, I want to sell you something, We are a little guarded these days, and rightly so. We have all lived through an age where it's common to be over-promised and under-delivered. Am I right? Maybe you bought a slap chop, and you realize it's just a knife or a sham wow. Or maybe you bought a Zoon. Does anybody remember Zoons? Yeah, thanks, Micah, of course, yes. Azun was like a Microsoft's competitor for the iPod. Anyway, Google it. Maybe you invested in Enron. Or maybe you bought a Galaxy Note 7 that spontaneously combusted. I don't know. We've all experienced promises that maybe didn't quite deliver as advertised. Anybody live through the pandemic? Too soon? Too soon? Oh, okay. Just back, back away from that one. But political promises, maybe you had a job that promised to be just everything you'd hoped and then it turned out to just be a job. Maybe you had this experience of having high hopes in some other area only to be disappointed and now you live squarely in the land of low expectations. Anybody like that? My my wife sometimes is like, you know, I just try to set my expectations low. That way you're not disappointed, right? There's some wisdom to that. But today I want to encourage you to get your expectations sky high. And I want to tell you that if you participate and if you're intentional this week to be generous, I promise you, you will be blessed. And I cannot oversell this today If you step forward, I promise that God will bless you in ways that surprise you and you will end up not regretting anything you gave or did on the other side of this. I want to build the case for a few minutes on why you should go all out this week with Love Atlantic. I want to ask three questions or answer three questions today really quick. I'm not going to spend a ton of time because I want to get us out the door and get right at it. What is Love Atlantic? What's the vision? How do we participate in it? And specifically, I want to talk motivation, why participation 
means guaranteed blessing. What's going to happen if you participate and why you should? Okay, we, we straight? Here we go. First is this. What is Love Atlantic? Let's explain the vision. Now, I know we've got a lot of people that are new to our church. We're really glad half of Ontario has moved here. Welcome. Hey, I'm all for it, y'all. I am glad for it. That's some transfer growth I can get behind as a church pastor. I'm really glad for all the new people. But just to catch everybody up, if you're new to our church, go back to 2014. I had been the senior pastor here for about a year and a half at that time. And one of the things I learned really quickly by sitting sort of in the captain's chair, so to speak, is our church is unbelievably generous and people, you people, all the time are doing things that nobody knows about, which is very Christ-like. Jesus was, although he did work that was seen by all and we continue to talk about it, he often did things in secret that nobody even knew. And there are, there are miracles that weren't even recorded that Jesus just did because it's who he is. And I was really just blown away by the generosity and character and servant heart of the people of God. And, and I was actually kind of challenged by it because if you're like me, Sometimes the narrative you hear about the church is, oh, they're selfish, or oh, they're dying, or all this. And that's not what I saw at all. I saw people who cared for others. I saw people who gave and who sacrificed and who gave and gave some more, who showed up for each other and loved each other. It's just that you weren't getting that news story. And so what we just decided to do was not to say we're not going to give the rest of the year, but what would happen? We asked the question, what would happen? If we coordinated for one week and we just got a snapshot of some of the stuff that's going on all year long. And so Love Week was born where we decided let's just spend a week trying to practice radical generosity. And so we decided we're going to take a giant offering. We're all going to throw our money in the pot and we're going to get this big offering and then we're going to distribute it throughout the region. And when we started it, started it we were only in St. John at the time. And we began to give away money and time, and Love Week was born. And over the past eight years, we have seen God do incredible things over eight weeks. We've given away well over a million dollars as a church in over eight weeks. Just to give some of you some scope and scale, we give away, we've given away for the last several years six figures every single time as a church. It's been incredible. We've given to schools and we've given to different charities and organizations that do great work. We've, we've brought refugees to Canada. We've done some incredible things, too many to list off right now. But if you've been around, if you know, you know. It's been incredible. Simply put, Love Week has become one of the favorite things we do here every single year. It's wildly fun and deeply fulfilling to see the church just get out there. Can I get an Amen. It really is. Like if you've been part of this in the past, there's just this momentum and joy that rises throughout the week. So that's how Love Week began. But now, today, we're doing something called Love Atlantic. We've been running Love Week for the last eight years. And this year, we're doing Love Atlantic. Now, what's Love Atlantic? I'll take you to a conversation that I was a part of back last spring. Myself and Pastor Dan and Pastor Anthony went to Truro, Nova Scotia, and we facilitated a pastor's roundtable just for the purpose of getting together with some other pastors that were carrying big burdens, influential churches. And we gathered together, and at the end of the day, I just lobbed this idea out there. Hey, guys and gal, what would you think if we opened up Love Week and we just all coordinated it together? 
your churches are amazing. You do amazing things all year long. What would happen if we locked arms and we just said, for the sake of the kingdom and for the sake of the region, let's do this at the same time and let's go all out. And while there was just an immediate resonance in the heart that this was something that the Lord was doing, if you were in the room, Pastor Dan was there, if you were in the room, there was just like a, oh, this is something God would have us do. And so all of us left there and we said, we're going to do this, we're going to make it happen, and we're going to start tapping other leaders and pastors on the shoulder to become part of this. And so for the last several months, uh, our team, along with other churches, have been joining together to get this Love Atlantic initiative going where it's not a King's Church thing, it's a The Church thing in Atlantic Canada. And we are pumped. I have a website here, actually, if you want to pull it up, guys. LoveAtlantic.ca is where it's the website that we built to facilitate this week for all of these other churches. And so over the last several months, we've been promoting this and calling pastors and saying, hey, would you get on board with this? And as of today, there it is. We have 133 churches that are signed up in Atlantic Canada. Y'all, that is so bonkers. I can't even... I had, I had a pastor text me this morning and said, when has 133 of anything ever happened in Atlantic Canada? <laughs> Let alone the church coming together in one act of solidarity saying, Jesus is so good to us and we want to be good to you. It's incredible. There's over 31,000 people represented in those churches. That's a lot of people. It's incredible to see. And like, if you start scrolling down and you start seeing the churches that have signed on, we have Wesleyan churches and Anglican churches and we have uh, Baptist churches and we have Catholic churches. It's truly incredible when you see all of these churches all over Atlantic Canada that have signed up. It just gives me chills to see it. Look at that. This is what has begun, and this is what we're starting this week. So, so this week, we're not doing this alone. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the unity piece in just a minute. But to just get us clarity, Love Atlantic is a week of radical generosity by the church in Atlantic Canada in Jesus' name. And Jesus' name and generosity is the thing that unifies us. Amen? And so we're doing this in Jesus' name. And this really is, I know we throw the word unprecedented around a lot these days, probably because there's a lot of unprecedented things. But y'all, this is unprecedented. To see the church across denominational lines and traditional lines come together, nothing like this has ever happened. It's truly incredible. And the timing couldn't be better if you ask me post-hurricane, during global instability, food insecurity, economic instability. What a time for the people of God to stand up and say, we aren't afraid, we know who's king, we're good, and you can be good too. Come to Lord Jesus. Like, what a time for that. So, the, Pastor Dan, you got my back all day. Thank you. Just, I appreciate that. So Love Atlantic is a week of radical, they're excited too. It's just they're not telling their face or their hands. I know, it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's not my first rodeo. All right. By the, this is a week of radical generosity by the church in, in Jesus' name. So what are we going to do? I want to talk for just a minute, and then I'm going to get into the why, which is really where I want to land. But really practically speaking, what are we doing as a church for our part? We are one church out of that big picture. How are we going to tackle it? Well... 
we're going to hit it hard because, look, we were part of the reason this has even become a thing. And so I don't want to be guilty of starting something and not leading the way all the way through. Can I get an amen? amen. So we want to set the bar really high, not in way of competition to say, hey, look what our church did. We're better than yours. Get out of here with that. We want to set the bar high to show what's possible. Amen? God, look, y'all, this isn't in my notes, but this is deep in my heart. God has blessed this church in the region not to compete with other churches. It's, we, he has blessed our church to break ceilings. He has blessed our church to show what is possible in this region in the church. And we have a responsibility to be a lifter of the regional church. Can I get an amen? Oh, I feel that so deep. I have no interest in competing with other, other Christian churches, none. I want to see the church of Jesus Christ flourish. And so, for our part, we are going to lay it down hard this week so that we can inspire other churches to do the same. Can I get an amen? Well, we've already been doing that for the last several months. You might not know this, but our leadership team and our IT team and all that, we have been facilitating the back end of this whole juggernaut that is at Love Atlantic. We've already been doing it, but we're going to get out there. I don't know if this is like grammatically correct or even polite, but we're going to love the crap out of Atlantic Canada. Hey. <laughs> eh? uh. So let's break down how we do it. Here's how we do it. We kind of have a four-pronged approach. First, we collect a big giant offering. We all throw in the pot like 50-50, only it's 100 and zero. <laughs> right? It's just, it's all going out. So we're throwing it all in the pot. That's what we call it. We call it a 100% draw. 100% loss, 100% giveaway. That's what it is. It's not a loss, though. We'll talk about that in a second. So we do a corporate offering, and I am expecting six figures at least from our church. Amen? Amen. We've done it over in the past. Let's not, let's not slack off now that, well, there's other churches giving. I don't have to give as much. No, we have to give more. So we're going to come to the table. We're going to give a big offering today. Then, of course, also all of the locations are going to be activated. All of our locations have... Uh, initiatives that they're doing and, and recipients that they're going to give to in every one of our locations, in PEI, Nova Scotia, and in New Brunswick. So there's the corporate offering, there's the campus offering, and then, of course, we have our home churches that are going to offer their own gifts as well. You're going to be getting out there and serving and loving and giving as well. And then the fourth avenue is us as individuals. We're just listening to the Holy Spirit and partnering with Him throughout the week, looking for ways to be an encouragement to people. Do you know the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, searches the earth looking for whom he may encourage? Let's do that this week with him. So we're going to go out. There's just there's simple things like pay it forward in the Tim Hortons line. Just, just show up for somebody. Like that's, that's all you have to do is to get out there and put out some individual effort. And do this, though. Tell people it's with Love Atlantic. Uh, go on social media and hashtag it, Love Atlantic. Why am I telling you to do this? I thought you weren't supposed to let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Well, yes and no. You're also supposed to let your light shine before all men so they see your good deeds and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. 
And we want to hashtag this on social media so that other churches can jump on as well. One of the ways we're hoping to get stories from other churches is that we're going to find it on social media. So next weekend when we come back, we're really going to tell the macro story of what God did across Atlantic Canada. But we need your help to get out there as individuals and post and let people know it's for Love Atlantic. Get the chatter going. Look, there's a lot of buzz when King's Church does Love Week, isn't there? Like all around the region. Imagine the buzz that's going to be generated when 130 churches get out there and do this. So it's going to be awesome. So really quickly, when you give your offering today, when we give our big one collective offering, here's just some of the things that we're going to be doing. Now, those of you who have been around here before, you know that we have a culture of high trust in the leadership. You ha- we give trusting that God's going to direct us this year to give to the right places at the right time. We know that there's always needs. We can't meet all of the needs out there. But every year, God has a real way of just leading us very specifically, doesn't he? And so we're going to do that this year. We're going to give with high trust. But some of the priorities we're going to do this year, we really want to attack food security and homelessness. Those two problems are at an all-time high. And so we're partnering with shelters and food banks in specific ways this year. Uh, We want to hit family and community organizations in different regions. We want to hit hurricane relief. We have some really cool stories happening and unfolding with Ukrainian uh, families. More to come on that next weekend. Uh, We also have some stuff we did in Guatemala already, believe, like you already gave, so please give because we already gave. Um, <laughs> some stuff in Haiti. Uh, we, we always give to some kingdom partnerships, some, some works that are kingdom-based that are doing great works. We're going to build a cabin uh, on Caton's Island this year. Uh, we're, we're buying the materials. We're going to build it in the spring, so we'll be asking some, some of you guys to help out in the spring. We want to buy the materials for that. We always give to schools. Uh, We want to target first responders. And then, of course, a lot of you gave us some incredible stories of people that are in just unusual need that we're going to get out there and we're going to serve. A lot of them, too, just, again, back to the high trust thing. Every year we serve people that you don't even hear about because we can't tell their story publicly. Uh, But you just need to know that this money that you give gets out there and has a way of multiplying and going to places that you never even expected. And then, of course, we set aside just a small amount to have some fun, to give some big tips and go out there and pretend like we're Mr. Beast and just have fun. <laughs> Old people don't even know. <laughs> don't even know what that reference was. Mr. Beast. Mr. Who? Anyway, Oprah. We're pretending we're Oprah. Is there someone is there someone between Oprah and Mr. Beast? I don't know. Cash cab? Whatever. Anyway. The idea is you go out and you give away money. Anyway. All right. So that's what we're doing. Are we clear? We're gonna give, we're gonna go, we're gonna serve, we're gonna be generous. It's pretty simple, actually. All right, final thing I wanna cover, and then I'm gonna pray and we're gonna get out of here and we're gonna give big. Why should you aggressively participate in Love Atlantic? Why should you do this? What is our motivation? Three quick points. Number one, when we give and when we operate in generosity, what happens is the reality of Christ is revealed through our generosity. Let me, let me read it like I wrote it. The reality of Christ is revealed through Christian love in action. When we are generous in Jesus' name, 
it takes our faith from being something that's in our minds to something that is actual touching lives. And how many know Jesus, like God didn't just send us an idea. He literally sent us his son, his person. He got out there, he touched, he gave. Literal resource, the most precious being in the universe, he gave. We, we sung it, we sang it, we singed it earlier. Right? For God so loved that he gave his one and only son. This is who he is. And so when we get out there, we demonstrate, we bear witness to who Jesus is and what God is like and the hope that we have in our hearts. It demonstrates and models what he's like. When we give, it mirrors or models who God is. We give because he's a giver. We serve because he's a servant. We sacrifice because he sacrificed. We love because he first loved us. We share because he shared with us. We bless because we've been blessed. Can I get an amen? So it demonstrates what he's like. It also points to our confidence in him, doesn't it? It's, it's like, it's one thing to say, I trust in Jesus. Well, put your money where your mouth is. Put up or shut up. What's the other, I don't know, it's got some other, other slang terms. It, it actually tangibly says, no, no, I, I actually, I'm, I've been set free. I'm not afraid. I've been free, I've been set free to give. I've been set free to love. I've been set free to serve. When you get out and you be radically generous and you bless somebody, it says Jesus is my treasure. It says God is my provider. It says I'm not afraid of the future. It says that got, you're valuable to him too. It points to our confidence in him and it invites others to him. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my, my witnesses. Some of you should read your Bible more. You will be my witnesses. What's that mean? The living embodiment, representation of Jesus. Little, little Christs walking around, imitating him. Paul said, be imitators of Christ. And that's what happens when we're generous. We, we invite others to him. Look what, look what Jesus said in Matthew. He said, you're the light of the world. Talking about his followers. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp. And then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So this generosity in Jesus' name is a testimony to who God is and what he's done for us in Christ Jesus. It bears witness. Peter said it, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. So your actions and your generosity is God's design to tell an unbelieving world that there is a savior and there is a redeemer and there is a, there is a restorer. There is this Jesus who has saved us and he wants to save you too. That's the whole purpose of this. And, you know, we, we say it's generosity with no strings attached. Well, there's one, like, little invisible string attached. And that is, we hope you see Jesus through this. Amen? It, there's, a, there's a testimony string attached. We aren't expecting any money back. We aren't expecting people to pay us back. But we are expecting the Holy Spirit to get in that little crack and convince people that Jesus is Lord and that he's calling all people to himself. That's the hope here.
So, number one, because it models, it, it shows. Oh, look, that shouldn't be there. Oh, yeah, it should. Okay. Radical generosity is the greatest evidence that you are a disciple of Jesus. Ah, yes, look at this. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. That's a, that's a pretty big word, isn't it? That y'all are going to feel this urge at different times this week, that cling to urge. Anybody, is that just me that feels that? You feel that little prompt and God says give and you go, ooh, ooh, not that, not that much. Not to them, right? But we model what Jesus did. He did not see equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took on the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. He held nothing back. Therefore, God elevated him to the highest place of highest honor and gave him the name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. As we give, we model what he is like. We don't cling, but we give so that the name of God may be known and he may be exalted. Number two. We give, or three, three, number, second reason to be wildly generous, because God blesses those who are generous. Here's, here's some personal incentive for you. Uh, when you give in obedience to God, he gives to you. He just does. I am not a prosperity preacher. I do not fly a Learjet. I don't have snakeskin boots. And I'm not selling prayer hankies. This is just a biblical fact that when you give in obedience to God, he gives to you. Period. Has anybody discovered that to be true? It, it, it doesn't necessarily, if God, if you, God says give $1,000 today and you give $1,000, it doesn't mean that God is going to give you $1,000 or $10,000. He might give you something other than that, something even more valuable. I don't know what it is. He's God. All I know is every time I have stepped out and given in obedience to him in faith, I have seen some tangible evidence of the favor and reward of God back in my life. Has anybody experienced that? You just, it just happens. And this is one of those moments every year that a lot of believers discover like the, the hand of God in their life in a new way. And there's something that like, unlocks when you realize that God is so real that he's actually managing your affairs in such a way that he's able to bless you through these channels after you've given. I can't describe how incredible it is to experience the reward of God's favor on the other side of sacrificial generosity. It's just incredible. God guarantees that if you give, he will give. Look, what, look how Paul says it to the church in Corinth. He says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly Ugh. or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Take a deep breath. Remind yourself who God is and all that he's done for you. And in faith, say, God, it is my joy to give in obedience to you. God loves a cheerful giver. 
Here's the promise. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have enough, have everything you need and plenty left over. And plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. What a promise. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So this is the promise that we're operating in today. That as you give, and as you give generously, there will be a reward of righteousness and that God will give you all that you need to do every good work. This is the promise. And we see this every year. We see it individually. Every year I get people that put God to the test in this. This is the only area in all of your life, in all the scripture, where God says, test me, I dare you. Test me. It's the only area. And I, I get people every year coming up to me, Pastor Brent, you won't believe it. I did this and then God did this. And I, the specifics are crazy. You know, we've had specific things just worked out that it's like only God could have done that and only God could have known that. And you'll experience that this year, I promise you, if you step out and you are faithful to give. Individually experience it. We experience the favor of God collectively too. I'll just say this really quick. And I think some of our elders and leaders and board members would agree with me. Uh, we have seen the exponential increase uh, in the favor and provision of God every year that we've done this. You know, and every year it's a challenge. This is the time of year where finances are always tightest for our church. Why? Because summer is summer, and we have to spend all of our ministry money through summer to be ready to go fall, winter. And so we're usually like at the bottom of the barrel. There's nothing even there. And I'm like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. And it's always this big test. And I always sense the Spirit saying, no. Go and do and believe in faith and I will provide. And every year we've seen God provide more than we even thought he would. And we continue to see God on the back end of, of, of it give increase to our church. Uh, our church's financial footprint has grown so much in the last eight years. And I really believe that it's because God promised he who is trustworthy with little can be trusted with much. God knows that if we're faithful with what we have now, we'll be faithful with what he gives us later. And we've seen that happen over the last several years. So final thought today. Are you motivated yet? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Final thought is this, number three. So we give because the reality here, or you should give because the reality of Christ is revealed through Christian love and action. Because God blesses those who are generous. Go get your blessing this week as you bless others. Number three, God blesses the unified church. I am just, there's just this extra layer on this this year for me. That we're part of something that's bigger than King's Church. That, that God is actually moving in a, a macro sense of unity that we've never seen. I can't oversell to you how huge this is from a, a kingdom perspective in Atlantic Canada. If you think about, you know, like the Anglicans and the Baptists and the Wesleyans and the Pentecostals and the Catholics... If you go back even 20 years, let alone 100 years, those churches were enemies. Literally. Like, like animosity at each other. Criticism. They're not even Christians. They're not even really saved over there. You know, 
why are, there, why are there little Baptist churches and little Anglican churches and little Wesleyan churches built right beside each other? Competition. Well, we need a Baptist church there or they're all going to go to hell. Right? We need... <laughs> You're laughing. That's the attitude. It's been there for you. It's been there for centuries in the church, five hundred years at least. Ever since the ever since the Great Reformation, this fracturing has continued to happen. More denominations and more offshoots and more this and more that. And I believe the Reformation's been good and it's 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 served its purpose. But I think right now the Spirit is bringing a, a wave of unification in the church. And the prayer of Jesus is being answered in real time. And we're, we're living in a moment right now. I believe, like right now, I know this isn't in my notes or anything, but church historians look back 500 years ago when Martin Luther broke off from the Catholic Church and the Protestant movement was born as the Great Reformation. And now, some 500 years later, um, you know, it's interesting. Sorry, I shouldn't go off script so much, but just give me a second. It's interesting you know, the Great Reformation happened right at the dawn of the printing press, right? It was at the time in global history where access to information was taken into a new, a new reality, like that people were going to be able to get the Bible. And that's really how the Reformation started. It sort of coincided with the Gutenberg printing press. And like truly, there was a, a wave of new work of the kingdom that happened all over the earth. Good things happened through it. However, some 500 years later, all those denominations got really pigeonholed in their lanes. But now we are in a time, for the first time in human history, where information isn't just like available, but it's instantaneous and it's not geographically bound at all. We have the internet. And I think, you know, 200 years from now, if the Lord hasn't returned already, they'll look back at this time, at least in the church history, and they'll call it not the Great Reformation, but the Great Unification. And I really do believe that, like, denominational lines and theological barriers that once divided us are eroding because we have a connectivity that we didn't have before. And what's happening is we're finding out, oh, you love my Jesus too. Oh, you aren't an alien. You really are a brother and sister. Oh, you might have some different customs and traditions, but we really are the same family and the same team and the same army. Let's just let the, the flags and the, the, the camps go, can we? And so when we think about like what's happening in Love Atlantic, it's truly unprecedented. Like, and I believe it's a move of the Spirit, and it's a move of the Spirit that the rest of the nation are watching. I was in Ontario last week and people were asking me about it. Just like, what is this? God has established us in a very special way here in Atlanta, Canada, partially because of the geographical reach and the population size that we have where the church is at the place where we just need to get over ourselves and start partnering together or the church is going to lose too much ground. And so we're, yeah, great. We're, we are leading, I believe, a wave of a work of the Holy Spirit in this country right now through this. So this is way bigger than King's Church, y'all. Way bigger. 
The kingdom is way bigger, but this thing called Love Atlantic is way bigger than King's Church. We are literally making history. We are breaking down barriers, partnering with the Catholic Church, partnering with the Anglican Church, partnering with the Pentecostals and the Baptists and the non-denominationals and the Wesleyans. We're, we're locking arms and saying, for the sake of Christ in the kingdom, let's just get out there and show people that we have love in our hearts for this region. We want to see this region flourish, and we're willing to pay a price to do so. Bible says, it's the words of Jesus. I am praying, so this is the prayer of Jesus. I'm praying not only for my disciples, but also for all who will ever believe. Remember, this was in the upper room. It's the night before Jesus was betrayed. He went in this big, long prayer, and John recorded it. He says, I'm praying for all who will ever believe in me through this message, through their message. This is us. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one, talking to the fire, Father, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me. Wow. So they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. In our unity, the world will know. You know, maybe 10 years ago, that might not have had the same amount of punch. But how many of you can see the power of the testimony of the church in a time that has never been more fractured, divisive, and individualistic that the church rises up and says, we will be one. It's so powerful. So that's what we get to be a part of this week, expecting the promise of God on us. He said this, how wonderful and pleasant it is when the brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing. Other translations say, commanded his blessing, even everlasting life. This is unlocking the blessing of God in the region. How cool is that? Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray for us. All of our locations. And even as we stand as one today, as one church in many locations, let's take our minds and our hearts even bigger than that as we pray, realizing we are part of the church in Atlantic Canada. And let's ask the Lord not just to take what we do, but to actually multiply this effort to see the unprecedented truly happen in our day. Can we pray together? It's all of our locations. Just let's pray. Lord, we come to you today first and foremost in thanks. We say thank you for saving us, Jesus. Thank you for your precious blood. Thank you for your body broken for our sin. Holy Spirit, thank you for enabling us and walking with us in every season and moment of our lives. Father, thank you that you are a provider and that we can trust you that we aren't orphans and we don't have to be afraid 
We don't have to believe the lie that there'll never be enough. We just come to you with thanksgiving today. Lord, we just, as King's Church, we thank you that we get to go out and bear witness to who you are this week. In just simple ways, a Tim Hortons cup won't change the world, but pointing to Jesus sure will. And so we thank you, Lord, for the ways, Holy Spirit, that you're going to anoint our efforts. Father, I pray right now for just generosity to be unlocked, that we wouldn't hoard, that we wouldn't hold back, but we would be like Jesus and give up things that are precious to us in an effort to see what is even greater unfold. Lord, I pray right now for the widow's might and the millionaire's million. Lord, thank you that you know what sacrifice looks like for all of us. Holy Spirit, would you have a dialogue with us in our own hearts to bring us to a place of faith where we would cheerfully give what you have told us to give today. Lord, now would you take uh, King's Church's offerings, the financial, the uh, efforts, the, the acts, would you take it all as an altar and would the fire of God touch down on it in a special way? Would you burn up the offering this week, Lord? Would it be anointed? Would it blast out the glory and goodness of King Jesus to all, all, all around us? And Father, as we bring our offering to the table, Lord, I pray for a great mobilization of your church, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you use this moment that we are in to build deeper unity and collaboration and partnership in the kingdom in Atlantic Canada? Would you continue to take the individualistic flags down and the old denominational staleness? And would you raise up the banner of Christ over all your church, God? Lord, would you mobilize your church? Father, we pray for the small and large churches and everything in between, the old and new churches. Lord, would there be a fresh rush of the kingdom of God, the wind of heaven would have blow into even some old churches that haven't seen many good days lately. Father, I pray for a multiplying effect, even as you've blessed our church, God, as all these other churches come under the umbrella of Love Atlantic. Lord, we just say, can we share some of the favor and blessing you've placed on our church? Would it leak and flow into all these other churches that are participating, God? We ask for full churches. We ask for revival in your church, Lord. So, Lord, we just say, breathe fresh life. Even as these churches give in faith, Lord, would their reward be great in heaven? Father, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Fill us with trust, peace, and generosity. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord, and all God's people said, amen.